Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by the five-star rated mobile puzzle game on the Apple App Store and Google Play, Best Fiends. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online. The classic image of a ghost lingering on a haunted staircase. It's etched in many of our minds forever, but what would you do if you were the one who witnessed a ghost floating up and down the steps? Today on the show, we hear about a very haunted staircase. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like this show... Maybe you're just discovering us because it is October and most people like to look for ghostly stuff in October. Well, I want to welcome you, number one. Number two, let you know this thing goes on year round. It's not just an October show. So uh, press subscribe and you'll get ghost stories as we release them. We got three episodes a week that come out. Fourth, if you want it to be an EPP, a bonus member, that's our uh, EPP bonus episode, as we call it. You get it by going to ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you the bonus episode and all those episodes that are weekly, they're commercial free. When you are a EPP, extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol Hughes joining you once again. And how are you this fine day? Hey, I'm good. So I bet in October, a lot more people. I never really thought about that. We might have mentioned it once, but I bet yeah. a lot more people do listen in October. There's a spike. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a spike. During the, the year, the regular part of the year, it's, uh, I'd say, on average, about forty to 60,000 people uh, an episode in there. Some, some spike higher if it's something super duper interesting. But October goes even higher just because it's a lot of folks who normally aren't searching for ghosts ghost stories but they're out there and they're looking for it so a lot of folks join us in the month of october so welcome everyone who has no idea what the hell they're listening to <laughs> who are these people this is group therapy it's for the damn ghosts already <laughs> we always call it group ther- therapy for the paranormally affected at the beginning of the show um and it really kind of is that's how it's it, it kind of feels because on this show we we talk about ghost stories everybody shares their story we go in with the mindset of this is someone's experience we're not here to go i think that's bullshit and then debunk it it's just well why did this happen how did this happen how did this affect you and sometimes we can relate to other people's stories that are very similar after doing this what how many years has this show been on i didn't seven six seven years i don't know um years and uh there's usually something i can relate to it it's very rare that i'm going well we haven't heard that before but it happens it it truly does happen well Um, and you've been doing it so long but there's times that there have been things that i have heard that was like well i never thought about that yeah and that's so fine. I'm still in that phase. What? I like that. Every once, in a, me. every once in a while you get it. And you're like, I didn't think of it that way. And and th- I think with this topic, that never ends. It's just less and less frequent the more you uh, the more you hear the stories. But I swear, everybody thinks, oh, you must be an expert in ghosts now. 
No, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty informed, probably more informed than the average individual just because of the, the volume of stories that I've heard. But expert, no. I have more questions now than I've ever had uh, way before starting this show. Um, it's just like you have an idea of a ghost family tree is kind of how I, I put it. And it maybe had a couple branches at the beginning. And you think, oh, you can categorize and put everything in this box here and that box there and that one over there. Now it's like, oh, my God, how many boxes does it have? Or how many branches does this thing have? Uh, you just lose track because there's so many variations on, uh, on on the paranormal, which is fun. Makes it. And the uh, thing is about it, there are no definitive answers. There's no right or wrong. No to what somebody experienced but i think it's validation that you're not crazy like there are other people who have had things happen that there's really no good explanation for yeah and that's that's really what it's all about that's that's why we are here to do this program so if you have a ghost story and you want to share it with us, uh, you can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, 855-853-4802. It gives you about 12 minutes to share your story on there, Max. Uh, and if you want to write in, you can write on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click tell us your ghost story and right away. And uh, we get to them in the order in which they are received. And uh, we may share it on a future episode of the show and talk about it. We would love to hear your ghost story. Let's jump into our first one of the day. It says, hey, guys, can't tell you how excited I was to hear my story about the green orbs on your show. Picking up from where I left off last time, my family moved into a new house. Our bedrooms were mostly on the second floor, and that included mine. I found that my six-year-old self did not like the stairs going to the second floor. I'd run up those stairs every single time. I could not just walk up the stairs the entire time I lived there. I ran every single time. While I lived there, I did not know how to express what I was thinking or feeling about this. I'd avoid using the stairs as much as possible, especially if I woke up in the middle of the night needing a drink or something else from downstairs. Most of the time, I'd make myself go back to sleep and just wait until morning. My seven-year-old sister had an entirely different response to the stairs. She, for the first year we were there, would throw absolute tantrums when it was time for bed. She'd hold on to the spindles, cry, and refuse to go any further up the stairs. My parents just figured she was going through a phase. As she got older, she stopped having tantrums, and I think she got used to the feeling of the stairs. It took me until I moved out of the house to go to college and return home for the summer to really process what the problem was. When walking up those stairs, there was an immense feeling of being watched and or followed by something menacing. I think I felt it so strongly this summer because I was away for so long. I began asking people who were familiar with the house what their thoughts were on this. I learned that my sister felt the same way, but that my parents, the ones who saw the green orbs all those years ago, didn't know what we were talking about, but said that it explained a lot. Both my sister's childhood best friend and my childhood best friend so that they felt that creepy, threatening, tingling sensation also. That summer, I continued to have a feeling and ran up the stairs every single time. Cut to the following summer, home again on college break. I had a friend from college coming to visit, and I was convinced that I would act like a typical human being while she was here, which meant I would not run up those stairs. Mind you, this friend of mine had spoken to me about some of the supernatural events that she had encountered and would claim to be sensitive to the paranormal. She had heard some of my stories, but she did not know about the stairs. I had told her I wanted to know if she saw or felt anything. So she showed up and I introduced her to my parents and eventually it was time to show her 
to my room so we could drop her bags. I distinctly remember walking her through a room that was once called our playroom and noticed some yellow crayon that had never been washed off the walls. Oddly, this would not have been my typical route to the stairs, but I guess it was the fastest. When we got to the stairs, I took a deep breath and began to walk up. I was feeling the presence, but continued to walk. I was not halfway up the single flight of stairs and my friend from behind me began tapping my shoulder and telling me to hurry up. We then ran up the stairs straight to my bedroom and slammed the door shut. She did not see anything on the stairs, but she certainly felt like it just like the rest of us. What or where this all came from is still a question to all of us. My parents no longer own this home, but the memory of those stairs stays with me. And I take notice when I go up a set of stairs, particularly in a home, I don't feel that sensation reminding me that that was not normal and something was very wrong there. This is not the only thing that happened in this house. I may write one more time to tell the history of the house and include other stories that I can't give as many details, but to certainly add to the creepiness that was in the house that I grew up in. Thanks for reading the stories. I listen to you guys all the time. What is it with stairs and ghosts? Oh, I so get that. Because when, because um, if you're a new listener, I've shared about my um, haunted house I lived in as a kid. Mm-hmm. And the stairs, there's always something with the freaking staircase. Yeah. And somebody's walking around the staircase, walking down the stairs, walking up. And it didn't matter which direction I was going up or down the stairs. I always felt, it's like this weird feeling kind of back of your neck, like by your shoulders, like there's something right behind you. I don't know what, I don't know how to explain that feeling, but I so felt that when she was, when you were reading that story, like that, I don't know what it is. I don't, but uh, is it something? It, it's a, I feel like that on staircases. I, I wonder on every staircase or just certain no. staircases. No. And especially if I have to go like, like if I have to turn the light off in the basement and walk up and it's completely dark behind me, mm-hmm. I don't care what house I'm in. That gives me the creeps. Can't do it. But there's just some staircases that really, really I feel it. it I mean, of course, the quick, easy answer would be, oh, it's a staircase. Somebody must have fallen down them and died. But I, I doubt that's always the case. Is it the you're 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 trying to get away from something and it's a more risky get just running up a case of stairs versus just down a hall. I, I'm trying to figure out why it is when you that specific too, area being pushed down a staircase. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden they felt something push them and there was nothing there. You hear that a lot. Yeah, it's a and it's a whole different ball game when you get the, the I felt like I was being pushed down a staircase versus I felt something push me in the hall. There's a whole yeah. other level of, well, this could go really bad versus just that was creepy. Yeah. And maybe there's something to do with it being in between the floors of the house. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of that place where, I don't know, maybe you're just more, I don't know. You never know what's But there's in- a lot of stories about that, but I totally get that feeling. Like there's something right behind you. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was a kid, I would run down those stairs so fast and they were really steep. They're really old and narrow and steep. I'd run down them so fast because I just knew there was something right behind me. It and turned out there why, was. I don't know why. No, I never <laughs> saw it, but I heard it. Yeah. I heard it for sure. 
So, I mean, when you're laying in bed and you hear somebody walking down the stairs, I mm-hmm. mean, that might be where the creepy factor in that house came in. Yeah. You never that know. Ain't, that ain't right. You never know what's in the floors of a house. <laughs> I uh, Speaking of which, it's kind of funny because we've done so many renovations to, to this house that I'm in right now that we're going to be moving out of. And I, I actually, because we we're, we're not planning on on moving uh, at all. Uh, when we were doing these renovations, uh, the thought was we're going to be here, you know, basically forever. And um, so when we put some things in, like we have a, a fireplace hearth upstairs that we had built, and we even featured that on an episode of uh, of Junkin' with Jenny back in the day, and. Um, uh, behind the fireplace, I forgot what I wrote, but I wrote something on the wall, which you'll only get to if you dismantle the fireplace. <laughs> which Again, somebody don't even remember your message. Which somebody may do at some point, but it was like really creepy and weird too. It, it was it was like you know like you know red rumish or something of that nature. I don't think it was red rum, but it was something like whoever like whoever decides that they don't want that fireplace, which may I'm guessing is probably going to be quite some time from now. Um, they're going to be like, oh my God, what is this? Who lived here? Who did this? That's really funny. And then if they ever like do YouTube searches or if they can do an image search of some sort of their home and they'll be like, oh my God, I think this is the house from these videos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's that asshole that does those ghost shows. (laughs) Well, should be interesting, but uh, I was it was like ah, and I remember Jen being like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." I'm like, "Yeah, who's ever going to see it?" You know, and by the time we move, you know, we'll be we'll be really old. Two years later, <laughs> <laughs> right? Who would have thought it? Exactly. That's yeah. funny. But uh, no bodies in the floor, so there. Yeah. There you go. All right, back to the ghost stories in just a few moments. First, I want to thank our sponsor today. It's the five-star rated mobile puzzle game in the Apple App Store and Google Play. Best Fiends. That's friends without the R. Fiends. Best Fiends. Fiends. As you know, obviously, I love doing ghost stories. It's my thing. But when I want to take a break and just play something on my phone, I'm not a hardcore gamer or anything like that. I I like puzzle games, things that are fun to kind of solve and keep your mind going. That's what Best Fiends is all about. It's a challenging puzzle game, but it's casual. So really, anybody can play. You don't have to to know all these crazy combinations or button this or that. It's, It's just one you can kind of play on the go. You can play when you're hanging out on the couch. You can play when you're in line at the grocery store, uh, everything like that. It, it's a great, uh, just, it's, I call it kind of like my my go-to getaway uh, kind of distraction, if you will. When you need it, it it's there for you. I, I absolutely love it. You can check it out for yourself. I think I'm on like level 28 now. I just started getting into it the other day, but I'm really, really getting into it. You'll probably enjoy it quite a bit as well. Very unique and exciting puzzle experience. If you like puzzle games, it's unlike any other that is out there. Best Fiends treats the game like a service for their players so they, it never gets old and they're always on top of it making it bigger and better all the time if you find yourself playing in random or weird places or you play at random times uh you are not alone when you start playing this thing because uh, it is it's it, it, it's like that it just it kind of gets to you. you're like all right i want to play it again 100 million downloads globally so yeah lots of folks are definitely enjoying this thing engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters too five-star rated mobile puzzle game on the apple app store and google play download free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends 
855-853-4802. Our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next uh, letter. It says, my friends and I are police officers. We're not superstitious or easily frightened. We worked for the Reno Police Department and two summers ago decided to go camping at Pyramid Lake. Our days off are not common weekend days, and this took place on a Monday into Tuesday night when we're literally the only people camping within sight. We made a campsite that was on the further north end of the lake. We all set up our tents and built a fire while we enjoyed beers and conversation. We stayed up past midnight sharing stories and having a carefree time. No ghost stories or frightening conversations to put us on edge. Late in the night, while we were in mid-conversation, we were interrupted by the laughing of a small child coming from the water. The laughing was loud enough and sustained enough that it stopped us in mid-conversation and we all fell silent and listened. The laughter continued despite our silence and we all turned in its direction, which was out in the water. Our silence was finally broken by my friend who asked, Did you guys hear that? My response was, What am I, hard of hearing? We all looked around trying to comprehend what we just heard. All four of us immediately retreated to our vehicles and grabbed our flashlights and firearms. There was not one of us that even had to discuss what we heard. We knew we weren't alone at this point and it was unnerving to say the least. We spent a good 15 minutes scanning the glassy water without being able to find a single moving creature nor a ripple in the water. There was no wind and the water was eerily calm. All four of us to this day still talk about that child's laughter that was pointed out by all of us to be approximately 30 yards into the water, away from the shore directly where we were standing. We all agreed that the laughing sounded to be that of a child approximately three to four years old. A few of us the next morning decided to go off by ourselves fishing and generally searching for anything close that would resemble what we had heard the night before. I searched for and listened for the birds, frogs, and insects that were all around. Nothing could even come close to what was heard. When we all recovered and we convened, there was no question that a child's laughter was heard from the water. That was the consensus and no one could figure out what else it could have been. We also noted that we still were the only campers within sight. Dare I stay the entire lake that night? Half of our group had no idea what the water baby story was or was even familiar with the legend. Those who don't know the legend also became more than convinced of its validity. The part of our group that had no idea the folklore has the same recollection of the events. They experienced the same phenomenon were just as shaken. To this day, it is still a topic of conversation that none of us have an explanation for. I have not camped at Pyramid Lake ever since. That's just creepy, hearing a child's laughter, middle of the night, and you're all alone by the lake. It's one thing when you're in the woods, you can usually make an argument. There's a lot of animals that sound like children in some weird way, shape, or form. But when it's lake, I don't think there's many trout popping up laughing like children. And... A child's laughter is a very distinct sound, Mm -hmm. like a child crying or screaming. I hear that. That could be an animal, but laughter. Yeah, that's. But they all did what they would do. Like, we have to go search for this child, Mm -hmm. get our weapons. There's a child that needs us, and there's no kid. What direction is it going, coming from? How many yards away? Exactly what they would do, you know, in their profession. 
Yeah, and you're exactly right. Laughter and crying are two very different things. Out here in, in the woods, I can hear, if we're sitting out on the porch, I'd say, you know, once a week we'll hear what sounds almost like a child crying. And it could be a possum. It could be a raccoon. Raccoons make a lot of childlike noises. Um, but they're, you know, but you know what it is. I don't think there's a ghost child in the woods uh, or a child in general. Um, but never laughter. I never have picked up hearing yeah. going, oh, that's those uh, those raccoons again laughing like children like that. When I found my kitten, she was tiny, tiny, like five weeks old. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what the sound was. I'm like, is it human? Is it animal? Or is it a bird? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was a weird screamy sound. Yeah. I can. So an animal could make that. Obviously, my kitten did. Mm -hmm. But not laughter. That's that's that is creepy. Is what that is. It's like almost taunting them that it's out there. Speaking of weird animals in the woods, uh, my neighbors keep uh, texting each other and telling each other, well, there's a bobcat out here in the woods. And it's there are very likely bobcats out here in the woods. But I asked them, I'm like, well, OK, and I have two dogs and I, I, I've shown pictures to our audience before. One is a German Spitz. He's, he's smaller. He's a little bit bigger than a Pomeranian. We thought he was a Pomeranian forever. So picture that. And the other one's a golden retriever. Everyone knows what those look like. And I said, well, what's it? closer to in size is it closer to the little one here bear or is it closer to sting who's the golden retriever like oh it, it's it's more the close close to the size of gold the golden retriever I'm like that's not a bobcat that's a mountain lion oh <laughs> so they're like really yeah it's not bobcats aren't that size uh, that would take one hell of a bobcat. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some freaky-ass giant bobcat. But uh, wouldn't you say mountain lions are more like golden retriever size or larger? Bobcats are typically large or small, you know, not small dog, but medium dog size, you know, or, you know, smallish medium dog. I don't really, I have never really encountered one in the wild. They've got one in a little zoo here mm -hmm. that... A little baby one. I'm looking up pictures online, and, well, I don't know. This one looks kind of... Uh, but I was thinking the ones here look like they could be 30 pounds. Yeah, well, this, okay, so it's a bit bigger than a house. It's bigger than a house cat. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely bigger than yeah. a house cat. Okay, may, maybe, I don't know, the way that they were describing it, I would think it's almost bigger than what these look like. But I am seeing some pretty damn big bobcat pictures, like bigger than I thought that they could be. Because I've seen bobcats before, like at the zoo, and they weren't this big. Maybe. But I think, too, it could depend on regionally where they, they are. Yeah. I wonder what Ozark bobcats look like. Ozark bobcat. <laughs> well, he looks friendly. Uh, we, now, we have him around here. I mean, not, I've never seen one. I live in the middle of the town. But I know out in the country they have them. I don't think I want to run into either of these because they both look kind of... Well, the cats, you know, they're like, they'd rather not see you to begin with. Was, okay, so well, maybe there is a bobcat that they're seeing. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Uh, and mountain lion. Uh... What does that look like? You could have those too. Yeah, you do yeah. live in mountains. Yeah, the I, the way that they were describing it, I could see it being a mountain lion just because of the size. I saw a mountain lion by the radio station in Wichita once. Oh uh, come on! I did. 
I saw it at night, which makes it even more One believable. more thing to be afraid of. I remember I was driving back from some late night remote, and uh, it was on that road, old Lawrence Road, and there, just in the ditch, two big eyes looked at me, and I stopped, and I looked, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a big cat. And I'm pretty sure it was a mountain lion, because it didn't have like all the spots on it. And lines and, and, and things like that, like a bobcat would have, it looked just solid. So either one escaped from the zoo or there was just one hanging out over and there. And we would have heard about that. Yeah, I think we would have. Um, so there you go. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're out there. They're just kind of elusive, which is fine by me. That's not something I want to like see at the frequency of deer. No. Like, oh look, it's a pack of mountain lions. <laughs> like no thing. I thank like you. coyote. Coyotes. I don't want to run into them either. Yeah, no, they can. Uh, they're they're fine. I, I have no problem with them being out there in nature, and, and they seem to have no problem with us kind of being where we're at. For the most part, you don't hear of too many mountain lion attacks uh, or bobcat attacks. I'm sure somebody's gonna go. Well, here's five. I've Googled. I, it does happen, yes, but probably not super frequently. I would think. So I just Googled it, and it said most bobcats weigh between thirteen and thirty pounds. Okay, well, that's, that's a 30-pounder. I could see it being a bobcat that's out there. Mountain lions. 13 pounds, that's like the size of some people's cats. That could be. I, really fat cats, yes. There was a house that we were looking at that the girls really enjoyed, and there was a cat in one of them, and they were hoping the cat came with it. Uh, and I said, people's pets don't come with their houses, honey. Oh. Um, you know, because they're like, how would you like it if uh, somebody wanted our pets? No! Like, okay, well, then we can't take their their enormously, morbidly obese cat. And I, I swear to God, I don't think this cat could walk. It was just, it was, because normally pets, when strangers come into a house, kind of hide and scatter. This thing was laying in the dining area on a big old rug right in front of the, the, the kitchen table. And it just laid. I never saw it move. Its belly was on the ground, I think, probably more stable than its paws would have been if it tried to stand up. That is so sad. <laughs> like, what, that is like, like what that's cat abuse. It really, you know, it kind of is at a certain point, you know. It it's like this thing I don't think can leave this this dining area by choice if it wanted to. And that's why it's here still. It's just being petted by these two little girls that it can't get away. But uh that thing probably was at least 15, 20 pounds like, at least. Right. And you could tell it really wasn't supposed to be a large cat to begin with. It was just, it was more kind of like a blimp or, you know, or like a Saint or a, a, a parade balloon on, uh, on uh, Macy's Thanksgiving day or something. But uh, there you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's pull a call up and take a listen. Let me get this one open. Uh, here. Hi. Let's hear your real ghost story. Hi, guys. So I had an experience a few years ago. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys for this platform. If it was not for you guys, a lot of people would be crazy. Um, no one believes when we tell our stories to anyone. Anywho, um... So uh, this takes place a couple of years ago. My cousin invited me to go to Glamis. Um, we were going to camp out there for the weekend, and it's close to it was close at the time to where my grandma lived. So my grandma had been sick for a while, 
and my cousin asked me if I wanted to go and just go see grandma for a bit and then we'd go back to Glamis. And um, of course, I said, yeah, we ended up going to see grandma. And as soon as I walk, we walked in, um, grandma was awake. She was laying down. We started, you know, chit-chatting with her, catching up, talking to her about what's happening and anything. After, I want to say, the first five minutes, her face shifted. I no longer saw my grandma's face. I saw a pig's face. An older pig's face. I could tell it was an older one by, by the skin, the texture of the skin, the, the hairs that were growing out of its face. Um, there was like wrinkles on that skin. And it was horrible. It was horrible. I could see the pores of... I can't even explain it. I've never experienced anything like this before. Uh, it was daytime. It was around noon. We were all sober. But I do not... I wish I had never seen that. Um, anyway, then... Grandma was talking, but her expressions and the the way her her mouth didn't match her her mouth did not match what she was saying. It was moving differently. It was not moving to match any of the words she was uh, saying out loud. Uh, when this happened, I couldn't talk to Grandma anymore. I, I was looking at her and looking at my cousin in disbelief for a good five minutes. My cousin just kept talking to Grandma and I was just listening and looking at them because I did not know what to do. I was freaking out and I could tell that my, my cousin was not seeing what I was seeing. Um, I asked her if we could, if she could come to the, outside of the room and talk to me. Um, we went outside of the room and I asked her out there, I go, do, do you see grandma's face? And she's like, yes. Very casually, she said, yeah. And I asked her if she saw anything weird about it. She's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm nuts then. So I, I didn't say anything after that until we left. Now, I could, I went back in the room I had been wiping my eyes because I thought maybe I'm just tired or something. When I walked back in the room, Grandma looked the same. She still had that pig face. Um, but now the next thing I noticed was that not only did she have a pig face, but it was looking at me and that look of, it was, like laughing at me. It was mocking me. That face, that pig's face was mocking me. And I had converted into uh, Christianity. I was a Christian for a few years already. And I don't know if that had anything to do with the whole mocking thing. 
but that's all I could think of. Later on, time passed, and I tell my dad about it. My dad said that I should have prayed for her. Maybe that's the reason I was there in the first place, to pray for Grandma. Go figure. My aunt had been taking her uh, to the... Uh, I don't want to say witch doctor, but I guess he was because they could not figure out what was wrong with grandma for years. So anyway, this is one story I wanted to share. I had emailed it before, but I thought I'd just call in and share it. Okay, guys, thank you for keeping our, letting us keep our sanity through sharing our stories with you. Thanks. Bye. That is a freaky story, but I think it might be a very elaborate product placement scheme that was going on in that family from the pork council. Back when they were doing the the whole other white meat thing, I think it might have been like, let's make this viral. Let's make grandma appear to be a pig and they'll all get angry and they're going to go have some pork chops after the visit. And it didn't work out well, but this might have been like a very early attempt at that. Or they, but they should have done it differently, like with the, wow, what's that smell? It smells like delicious pork. Oh, it's grandma. <laughs> it's grandma. And they accidentally cook grandma and eat her. But, uh, That's just like, okay, so earlier when we were talking about, like, you've heard a lot more than I've heard from these stories. That's okay, a new I one. I have not heard that one before that. Maybe if drugs were involved. Yeah. But she didn't say, she said, I think she said she was not drinking or taking drugs. No. No, she said it was and sober, middle the of the roof day. And come back and it's still going on. But then grandma did have something wrong that they couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So That's it, just weird. And it was only being you know, portrayed to one of the individual family members. Yeah. So it, it, and I wonder if it ever happened. She didn't. I mean, I think if it would have happened again, like down the road, like every time I go to grandma's, she's a pig. Yeah. Like nobody's going to believe that anyway. I can't go see grandma. She's a pig. It's like, like, don't wow, talk about your grandma that it's a way. Horrible thing no, to say. It really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're ha- like, I have never heard that. Oh, I have heard stories, uh, not of a, specifically a pig, but I have heard stories and there's some famous accounts of, of people looking at a loved one and commonly it's them aging or turning into a very old version of themselves. There's a very famous account of that. She said it was an old pig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if if you were to, you know, some, some people as they age, they, they start to resemble uh, farm animals. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) It sounds horrible. Uh, But no, I mean, in a more serious way though, there's a famous account in the Amityville horror of, of George Lutz saying that when he was in bed with Kathy, uh, I believe in bed or somewhere, uh, he looked at her and she had aged like 30, 40, 50 years before his very eyes and then then changed back, basically turned into an old hag, uh, as the term would go. I'm not I'm not saying all I'm saying that as a term of paranormal um, is is what the, the term is, because people say that they see the old hag sometimes in sleep paralysis. Basically, that's kind of what. Um, what he had uh, claimed to have seen, uh, but I've never heard of it turning an individual turning into a pig-like creature. That is a new one, um, but it does make you wonder 
Was there something that was trying to torment this individual? Maybe nothing to do with grandma at all, other than she just happened to have been the the figure that she was looking at at that moment in time, and this this figure was making itself known to uh, the caller uh, at that moment. I wonder if she was like a sweet old grandma or like crazy grandma, know. you know? Because there's both. I would like to know more about what grandma was into, too. I mean, because we didn't really hear yeah. much about that other than that she existed. So, you know, and, and you know, there was talk in the word. Questions. Yeah. I got questions. The words witch doctor was interspersed into that story, too. So it's like, right. well, what was all going on here? If we had more background on that, maybe there was something connected or attached to grandma. That could be a possibility. my grandma was a sweet old grandma. Never turned like into. She was adorable. No farm animal uh, kind of transformations going on? He didn't have a witch doctor. No. Well, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I have questions about I that. I too. I would love to hear more about the background on the grandma uh, to, to kind of d- dive into that further. Thanks for calling and sharing that story, though. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an EPP Extra Podcast person. Go to ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories get all the commercial free episodes all there for you and epp bonus episodes every single week brand new one exclusively for you ghostpodcast.com patreon.com slash real ghost stories until next time for carol i'm tony thanks for listening to real ghost stories online